Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with my man, Brett. God, I'm going to try, Brett. Malinowski. Nailed it. Good job. <laughs> really? Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> I usually destroy people's last names. You got it. I, I got lucky on that one. What's up, dude? How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, man. So just a little backstory before you tell everybody a little bit about who you are. I found Brett. Um, he's got a pretty dope YouTube channel, and... I followed him all the way to, I can't, I guess it's WG. It's one of your, just a small, very, very yeah, WGMI. It's a very, very small tool, but I thought it was really interesting because, you know, it gives you, you know, pre-populated prompts and I, by no means is that your main business, but it is fascinating how many people don't really know about, like, I use a tool that's got a whole bunch of prompts, very similar, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't, they just don't know. Which is wild to me. I mean, it is new. Let's give them, like, I think p- prompting is a new term in my vocabulary that, that I didn't have four months ago. So I totally get it. And so it's really just about putting pe- the idea in people's minds. Most people right now are limited by what their imagination can think of. Since it can do so much, it's kind of difficult for you. It's like information overload. So giving as many pieces of advice or prompting their prompts has been really helpful for a lot of people. You know, it's really good. Yeah, that's a really good point. I- I like the way you said that. Um, yeah, people, you can't imagine if you don't know, you don't know. I mean, you exactly. did like, and I think that's where a lot of people are are having trouble, for sure, having trouble with, you know, if it's chat or if it whatever AI product they're trying to use, that's the issue. They just don't know how to ask the questions, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's wild though once you get into it and learn it. Yeah, and they're basic. They're just basic principles, and really, it comes down to like you have to be an expert in your field to really know how to use it in that field. Like prompting is so specific. And if you are an expert in one field, you know all the ins and outs, the specific verbiage, the specific terminology. And that way you can get a way better output from chat GPT or mid journey. But if you're just like an everyday person at a fourth grade reading level, you're gonna be like, write me a good book. And then if you are like a novelist, you're gonna use way more specific terms and get like a way better output. So there's a lot of value there and a lot of edge. And it's just a new skill people really should be focusing on learning. Dude, if they're if people are not folks like the guy got to get into the game because oh not, dude, you're gonna be screwed. Like 100%. it's like, wild. I've heard stories of people that have like run billion dollar companies and they're already laying off a third of their workforce because so much of this like clerical administrative work can be done. Like a lot of people have like pull on copywriting or writing teams where they can let go of nine out of ten people and they just have one writer who just goes in and tweaks the output of chat GPT. Our company, WGMI, we also have like a media arm where we have a newsletter and articles. And we've made this whole system where I can click one like button on Twitter, where I bookmark or like it, 
and that gets sent to Notion, that gets automatically prompted by ChatGPT and output in every single different format for LinkedIn, articles, every single different social media platform and one click on Twitter. And then we just have one writer go through and kind of make it our own and make sure it's perfect. And that's like, we're doing the work of a 12 person newsletter team with four people now. Are you, I'm going to go off, of course, I'm going to ask you, are you using hints for that? Using what? Hints. No, we use make.com. It's like uh, kind of like a Zapier in a way. Okay. So it's make.com, uh, GPT-4's API and uh, Notion. Got it. But you know, I think I learned about hints on your thing, H-I-N-T-S. I don't think so. I Maybe not. That. Let me look. It's interesting because it's, it, it, yeah, I, it's supposed to be, it's basically like a personal assistant, which, you yeah. know, I mean, oh, there's, cool. yeah, it is really cool. using auto GPT for a lot of that. Okay. All right. How are you using it? Just out of curiosity. Auto GPT? Oh, it's so cool. So you just make two agents where they're on a task, like with each other. So you make two auto GPTs that are on the same team and they communicate to each other so they can prompt each other back and forth. And so whether we need to research for a specific, like my next video, whether we need to research for an article or a trending topic on YouTube, we will literally like say, hey, agent 007, agent 09, whatever it is, work together to find the most trending topic in the make money online niche on YouTube. And they're going to work together to start seeing in the last like month, what has been the most popular for my niche. It's taking a lot of fine tuning. It's by no means perfect, but even like just getting people to like schedule, like do outreach or to schedule meetings is what we're trying to figure out right now. But there's so many different possibilities. And if you're not focused on becoming like the most AI optimized business in your field, you are very quickly going to fall behind and be at a huge disadvantage. Agreed. And there's a lot of stuff out there that, you know, it, you know, geez, could have came out two months ago and like it's old news. Like it's just so many things and that, you know, I can't get into the details, but we, We've got our MVP for what I'm building in the industry that I've been serving. And dude, we're going to clobber it. Like, we're going to destroy this industry. Absolutely destroy it. And so, like, I'll, that, go ahead. I was going to say, it's like one of the biggest opportunities to grow like a multiple eight-figure evaluated SaaS, like in a matter of months, if you're the first one to just go into an old industry and implement this on top of their existing software. Just add it at each individual point, just a little API call with their private data multi-eight-figure company easily. Absolutely. You're 100% correct. Absolutely. So so that leads me to my next question. So I want you to dive into a little bit about your Web3 background. I want yeah. you to talk about what you're doing with that. And more importantly, I want you to talk about, you know, a lot of people, I could assume, based on what happened with the crypto meltdown, you know, <laughs> yeah. I would imagine that a lot of people are are nervous about blockchain, NFTs, so on yeah. and so forth. The best thing I can say is that there's no rush for this technology. I cover future technologies on my channels, like AI, Web3, no code, what is going to be relevant for the next 10 years, but emphasis on the next 10 years. Like there is no need for blockchain right now. It's like everyone compares it to the internet bubble. I would say that's very accurate, but it's more so similar to how the internet operated back then. If you wanted to make a website, you had a no HTML code. It was very rudimentary. You had to do everything manually. That's where we are with blockchain and NFTs. None of these assets that are, exist right now, none of the NFTs, none of the crypto are a real product or solve a real problem. It's like just a more complicated way to do something that already happened, but it is a hedge against centralized powers, basically. And so NFTs are just like digital ownership to prove you own something on the internet. 
and crypto is like digital gold, digital money. So you have another asset that could be protected from someone like a bank failing or the government's taking too much control. And so it's kind of just a hedge against the financial collapse or governments taking too much power. If Since they have like the possibility of making digital currencies or digital money, they could really control that. This is the hedge to make sure no one can control our money in the future. So it's not like people view it as like an investment. That's not really how you should be thinking about it. It's more of a diversification asset on the crypto side. And then NFTs, again, like I keep saying, are digital assets, digital ownership. So anything in the world can be an NFT. And how we've kind of, just like with prompt engineering, since it's so new, people have been very limited about their imagination on how NFTs could be used. But as we move forward, it's a huge technological shift that's just ultimately better. And that's why I believe that it'll win. You know, I, so Hedera, right? I'm sure you're familiar <laughs> with Hedera, right? Of course. Hedera, the blockchain. Okay, so, yeah. you know, the ISO look. ISO's Yeah, what's that? I do. Yeah, they're ISO yeah. Two, like 2222s or whatever what they're called. Yeah, I would not know how <laughs> what that means. But what I do know is, like, I do some work with, um, like, the Department of Energy, and I'm getting involved with the Department of Defense. Well, the DOD, they're using Hedera. So yep. what does that I mean? I think that given that information that should tell you that we're headed towards that for sure 100 yeah it's just a new like incentive method it's just like all transactions are now documented automatically on a ledger that anyone can see there is actually a corporate ledger so it's private it's like a blockchain for independent companies so it's private blockchains but internally it's tracking all their transactions and then instant settlements you can send their token across to other companies who use the same token. And so it's called like an ISO 2022 standard. And it's kind of like, these are like, if you ever hear CBDCs, these, this is the technology that's gonna be used for CBDCs. But it's like, do we want centralized blockchains where the companies control private data? Or do we want fully decentralized where it's public domain? I think we want both because blockchain technology is cool and there's different needs for different use cases. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Yeah, so, you know, so can you just break down, I guess, so blockchain, like you said, it's complete transparency, but it tracks every single thing. I guess the best way to view this, like if you bought a new car, let's just dumb it down, sort of, if you bought a new car, you could then track it if you bought it and put it on the blockchain. Yeah, you could track so, it from now to the end of time, right? Yeah, so the car would be, the car title would be the NFT. Because it's unique. It's like the VIN number of this car is just an NFT. An NFT is non-fungible token, has a unique token ID, just like every VIN number on a car is unique. It would have a unique token ID for its NFT. And then every time that NFT is transacted on a blockchain, it's just an automated ledger. You don't need a human to verify. You don't need to go to the, what is it, the DMV to verify the sale. There's no bill of sale, no transfer of the title. It's just if they buy this NFT, you saw that it came from this person's wallet. Then it moved to this person's wallet and you see for exactly how much money. And that's in history forever. It's immutable is the term. And no fees, right? You avoid all the fees that way. So it's there's like a small network fee because you're paying for the computer power to like do the transaction, but it's just a few dollars compared yeah. to the DMV is going to take 7% depending on the state. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Yeah, for sure. So I'm just curious. I know that, you know, you've been in the AI space four-ish, five months-ish now. What, other than just realizing that this is the future, what, I mean, what kind of drew you to this? So I guess I'm just like the class, I'm like, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I'm yeah. young and I see that my advantage is my brain's still developing. I'm open to learning new things. I'm not tied down to a business I've had for 15 years. I don't have all these responsibilities. And so anytime I see a new opportunity, I'm like, that's my edge. That's my edge. This immediately adds value. This makes sense. Let's be these guys because that is our like, advantage as youth. We're willing to change, adapt on the fly, and we can understand the concept really easily. So just combine our business knowledge with these new technologies. There's, that's like a perfect recipe. I just view it like the 2000, again, the 2000 internet opportunity, all the PayPal mafia, all these people made millions, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars by catching that opportunity of the platform change. And I see this as a, our generation's platform change. So I'm just going to go all in on it. Don't even need to think yeah. about it. Dude, I'm the same. I am exactly like, I'm not 26 years old, but um, I understand the value and like, you know, I missed, like, I wasn't really paying attention during that time, the internet boom, like I was, you know, I was probably drunk in college, like, I, yeah. you know, but this is like, this is the future in this 100%, if, you know, if There's, you can get in and figure this thing out, it, it is the way. Yeah. And so like with blockchain, there's no urgency, but with AI, like there is a huge urgency. And we were talking before this call, like how it's every day you wake up, you feel like you're three months behind of how much <laughs> has came out and how much has developed because this thing is teaching itself and it's all open source. So everyone's working on it. So it's like, there is ever a time to like drop everything in your life and go full focus monk mode on business. It is right now. Cause this is like disproportionate advantages are being made right now. hundred percent, dude. I, you, I totally agree. So, all right. So tell me how you're using, I know you've you talked a little bit about how you're using uh, shit, super chat. chat what did you say? Yeah, no, but you called it something else. Oh, auto GPT. Auto yeah, GPT. yeah. Yeah. So, so how are you, other than that, how are you using AI in your business currently? How are you harnessing Yeah. So that? obviously like the everyday person, just like writing emails, writing my video scripts, like giving me ideas, taking from a blank piece of paper to like giving me a starting point. But like the main business that we're pursuing with AI is we have a friend who has a mortgage lending company and he's our age 28, absolutely crushing it. And we are just going to go through every aspect of that business and just find like, okay, customer support, this can be done by auto GPT. Okay. Loan processing. This can be done by, this could be helped or assisted by an AI or GPT-4. Oh, listening to their phone call. Well, instead of the banker having to type in what the person's saying to check if their loan qualifies, automatically entering that data, automatically qualifying them, getting like voice sentiment, just taking their existing software, which is already way out of date, making a better user interface and then intertwining AI every single touch point, we found 12. And then just focusing on making that as good as possible, testing it with him. Once we see that his like employees are choosing to use this other than the other way, then we'll take it to market. But we're focusing really heavily on making the best product possible, as efficiently as possible, with as much AI as possible, but without having to add any extra steps, if that makes sense. So that's our main AI business. And then I do see Web3. Like I said, that's like my actual business. We have a Web3 agency. We work basically help the top brands in the world integrate Web3 or NFTs into their business. We have two Fortune 1000 clients right now where we literally just go through like, what is the best thing they can be doing to future-proof their brand by offering these, it's called like interoperability. The cool thing about NFTs is that like, 
if you buy one, I guess typically if you make an account on like a store right now, so say you go to nike.com, you make an account, you put your email password in. What Nike does is they take that email password and then they buy data from Facebook Then they buy data from Amazon and anywhere you've used that email password or your name or your address, they then make like a profile of you that they hold internally where NFTs now, if you have that, any you can make an NFT at nike.com, but now any other business can just see that you have an NFT for nike.com so they know you're a Nike customer. Where typically it had to be sold on the back end by the big companies and only they had that privilege. Now it democratizes the data for everybody. And with AI, data is the new oil. And so that's like what's valuable. And so NFTs make it so you can see every person's interest without having to know their personal information, which is really small, but like it's going to be really important in the future. Where right now, like these companies know where I am at all times. They know what time I eat during the day. They're going to send me a DoorDash notification at 6.34 PM on a Tuesday because they know on average that's when I eat. And they're going to send me a little Caesar's pizza message on Thursdays because they know I like to get pizza on Thursdays. Like it's disgusting how much they know about us. And so <laughs> NFTs are really going to like protect us from that. But it's just a matter of people waking up and decide that, deciding that to be a need. And so we help these big brands like understand that, that that's where we're going to go. And how can they offer those interoperable assets to their audience in a more fair way, I guess, is the best way to put it. All right. So you're saying, so, all right. So I, I understand the tracking. I understand the marketing to us. I understand the invasiveness of it. And, but you're saying that NFT, if you do everything, that will prevent some of that is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, so think about it this way. Like when you, do you have your, have you ever ran Facebook ads or anything like that? Sure. Yeah. So when you run Facebook ads, you're basically targeting people on an interest group. And so That's Facebook right. is like tracking your search history. And so say you looked up like, what's the best streaming platform, Netflix, Hulu, or Disney plus you're looking for all three to find the best one. And then you choose Disney plus. Well, if I'm running an ad, I'm going to put an ad and I'm selling a Netflix pillow. I'm going to want to target people who are Netflix users, but on Facebook, you target people who are interested in Netflix. So though they searched Netflix, but went with Disney plus your ad would still be shown to them because they searched Netflix. And so if it's an NFT, you would know 100% for a fact, this person is a Netflix customer because the NFT is in their wallet and their wallet is not tied to their personal information. You don't need to put your name, email, password, address, credit card into your wallet. It's just an anonymous wallet with like 30 numbers. And you know, this wallet has an NFT from Netflix. So you know, they're a Netflix customer. I'm going to run ads to that wallet. Whereas Facebook, it's like, they have to like buy data from all the different platforms because they're like single centralized verticals that don't communicate. So NFTs and blockchain are like that horizontal communication layer where you can use one NFT on any platform and anybody can see it through that wallet and not their personal information. That makes sense. That's so it's tying it to your like, all of your data, your name, address, and whatever, your email, it's just to this anonymous wallet. So that's going to, you know, so obviously that's going to hurt the amount of money that these larger Facebook, you know, Google that aggregate all this data and target that that's going to, how are they, not that I care, right? I don't care well, how do they're going to mitigate. Okay, so what's your opinion of crypto and NFTs or what would you think the average person is? How did you start this conversation? People are scared. People don't like it. People don't want to. 
Why? Because the most powerful people that this technology disrupts control the media. They have a billion dollars to push that message into the world. And so that's right. they're going to do everything in their power to keep their power. So that's my like assumption of people hate the word NFTs. Like when I go out in the street and people are like, what do you do? I'm like NFTs. They're like, oh, those are scam. Those are like really bad. That's don't like, they won't even like talk to me anymore. I'm like, I don't know. I've made millions of dollars through this and this technology is pretty cool. It's like, honestly, really helpful to you. I don't know why you're so scared of it. If you just took 10 minutes to try to understand it. So that's my conspiracy theory, I guess. I look, I, that makes, yeah, that makes sense. Dude, I look, I can go down the conspiracy the theory route all day long, but pro, most of them are true. They're not even conspiracy. Yes. <laughs> it's like, this is actually designed to help you. This is probably the most helpful, like consumer friendly technology ever existed. And every consumer has been tricked into hating it because of whatever propaganda most people get into it for the wrong reason they think they're going to get rich off of bitcoin which right it's not like the core principle but since they are financial assets that's where humans go yeah yeah I that makes great i will add one more thing about nfts because this i'm like a nerd and i love nfts and they're not popular but since we're here i can hopefully educate a new audience ai and nfts go hand in hand my last video on youtube talked about this with ai and deep fakes like i could generate a photo of you committing a crime, doing anything right now, and it would look like 99% real, very soon it's going to be 1000% indistinguishable. The AI photo of Trump getting arrested went super viral. Everybody thought it happened. It was AI. So that's a huge problem. And so that's already a huge problem on Twitter. And so Twitter has switched their verification system from just celebrities to now anybody with a credit card, because they're trying to prove who is a human on their platform. And so they do that by tying the name on your credit card to the name on your account. And then they verify you are a human. That way, if you're a human and you tweet and it's tied to your real name, you're not going to post deep fakes around people because you'll get like libel, slander. You'll get sued out the ass. Your credibility will be lost. And so proving that we're human is the only way to fight deep fakes because we're never going to be able to tell what's AI content. Like that is just the reality. I looked into it for hours. There is no way to prove what's AI and what's not. So the thing we have to do is prove human content. A human posted this. And so that works on Twitter, but you have to pay $8. How do we do it for the rest of the internet? Because we're not going to pay for every single website just to prove that we're human. And so the answer is NFTs. We need digital IDs where you basically scan your eyeball and then you get a digital ID that's a, remember I said NFTs with a horizontal communication layer. These NFTs can be used on every single website in one wallet without disclosing your personal information, but still proving that you're a human. And so the founder of ChatGPT, Sam Altman, created this in 2019 as well. So it's called World ID. So that's going to be huge as well. So I definitely recommend people look into Web3 and AI because it's the future, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's really cool, man. That, that's really good information. And I think a lot of people probably be freaked out with the whole I thing, but you explained that really well. And, and if they really pay attention and listen to what you said, it does make sense, right? I mean... Look, yeah, because the alternative is like the government making a digital ID. We already know how inefficient the governments are, and they're going to use any chance they can to have power overreach. I mean, look at the airports after 9-11. Like, these are tactics that they use to gain more control to use in there whenever they want to, very specifically, very targeted. And so just for them to be able to make digital IDs, since they're digital, means they're now programmable. And if you break a rule, they're going to blacklist your ID. Now you can't use the internet. Now you can't travel. And it's automatic. You can't do anything about that. As a human right, that's not good. And so that's why this that's why you want NFT IDs because they focus on the privacy. And I know it sounds scary to put your eyeball into the system, 
but whether it's your eyeball, your thumbprint or whatever, like thumbprints like burn, uh, your face gets old, so you can't use a face scan. They can also get like plastic surgery. So eyeballs don't change over time. They're super quick, non-invasive and a camera on your laptop can scan it. And so these people have spent a long time researching it. So eyeball is the best. And then if you're using blockchain and NFTs, it's fully anonymous. And so they're not, you're not putting your eyeball and then putting your name, address, email and everything. You're just scanning your eyeball. Everybody's eyeball is unique. Your eyeball is now registered. And so it's like the data points of your eyeball are your profile proving that you're human, but it doesn't say your name, your address or anything. The only point we're trying to prove is that you're human. And then you have an ID number that matches your eyeball. And so when you present your digital ID, it'll just say you're human number 1,845,000. It's that you scan your eyeball match. Great. And if you lose it, you just scan your eyeball again and you get it back. So it's like, they really thought it through. Well, you know, newsflash, everybody, like, yeah. guess what? Whenever you're going to a website and like get the camera knows when your eyes light up now, like if you're going on a, like a cheap Caribbean.com or Travelocity, there's a reason why if you didn't click on anything, they're serving you the thing that you absolutely wanted to click on because they can facial expressions and micro expressions and you're like, they already have all that shit mapped out. Just not like I, I have a friend who worked at Mattel. I guess I probably shouldn't say the company, whatever. <laughs> but they literally, if you went on their website, they were tracking your eyes and doing a heat map of what you were looking at yeah. on your camera. And it didn't have like a light on. You didn't know your camera was on. But they That's were right. allowed to do that for a window of time where they could track your eye movement. And so like they would send you targeted ads. And so like this is a complete huge data overreach. But no one cares. People just like convenience. And that's the thing. Yeah, you're right. A hundred percent right. And, and I believe, you know, not to get too much into the last few years, but like, I think that a lot of the stuff that happened over the last few years was the, you know, I think it was the suppression of a lot of things. And I believe that, you know, we you stuck inside for so long and everything's shut down. Like, you're more willing to like give up more shit just to I think be it was normal. A test run. I think they were like pushing it to see what they could get, get away with and get people yeah. to do. And I think that this they're going to use this to push their centralized version of digital IDs and CBDCs, digital money, so they can have more control. And again, it's not like some conspiracy like that just makes sense for people that are at the highest level. If they want to make a safe society, like you can easily justify how you have good intentions, even at that level. But for people that are like self-aware and relatively successful in life, like that might be good for 70% of the population, but we should at least have a choice. Like it's just way too much power. And so I just think that's important for people to really understand that that's what's actually happening. And it's not some conspiracy, whether you think it's good or bad, that's a different conversation. But if there's two options, you can still achieve the same result, but with anonymity and like self-custody, we should definitely try to push for that route. But again, the people with power have billions of dollars and own the platforms, push their narrative. So it's going to be an interesting fight. Yeah, it is. And you know that, you know, the narrative is going to change back. You know, it's, it's just it's all really fascinating because a lot of these things that we thought were conspiracies are not really they're not really conspiracies. Like we're, we're seeing stuff play out in real time. Like They're writing articles about it. Like they're like public about it. Just no one cares. So it's like. It's not a conspiracy. It's just the way people position it, I guess. But well, think really about this. Posting articles. Yeah. So here's so think about this. Here, like this was well thought through. And what I mean by that is, you know, human psychology. It, 
it doesn't change, right? Human beings are going to do what human beings do. So if you have that 30,000 foot view of how human beings interact with X, Y, and Z on a regular basis, then you kind of know how to position yourself to make it go the way you want it to go, right? Because we're going to, we're creatures of habit. We're going to do the same shit over and over. And, you know, it's real easy. I mean, I, to psychologically manipulate or 100%. persuade or whatever you want to call it. And it's always, and it's been happening for years. Like back in the day, it was just, there was only like 10 TV channels or a few magazines that millions of people read. And so that's how they were doing it. And it puts these ideas in people's heads. And then they go talk to their friends. Like we're just like mimetic creatures. We mime what we see. It's how kids learn. And so now it's like these families have been in control for hundreds of years. They're passing down the methods, the tactics, how they do it. And then they have these machines and so how you, I don't know, propaganda is a bad word, but how you like kind of train people through public social media is just changed, but it's also exactly the same. The medium has changed basically. But that's but it. AI, right? I think AI scares them. I think AI does scare them. I would agree with yeah. that. Because, yeah, because it's something that you really, oh yes, I would I, I don't think i'll say this like in a terminator way but a hey, terminator came out like 20 years ago or how long it was like yeah. you know that stuff's like kind of coming into yeah. right it's not too far off yeah well here's another thing that i realized the other day i'm i, I realized that i really didn't expect this to go down this route but i there was a movie and i can't even remember the name of it, but john kuzak was in it i'm sure you know exactly what i'm talking about it came out far before this pandemic ever hit like a year or oh, two yeah i know that's that's wild. That, yeah. Yes. How nuts is that? How about the train derailment in Palestine, Ohio? There was a movie on Netflix. Have you seen that? There was a movie on, you know what I'm talking about, the Ohio. I know that's train. Yeah. Yeah. They made a movie that a train derailed in Palestine, Ohio. Like dead serious. The same city. It's on Netflix. Look it up. Like it's like so freaky. The city to the T. But do you think that you're like, yeah, like I we're clearly on the same page with this, like what I'm wondering, do you think it's that we live in such a busy world? I mean, think about this. If you know, I don't mess with TikTok because of the data, whatever. They already have it. No one should ever have TikTok on their on your phone. They can read That's all right. your messages, look at all your photos, listen to all your calls and your location. You give them permission for a free app. <laughs> Heads up. To anyone that that. That's right. A hundred percent. Where was I going with that? With like Palestine, Ohio, the people like making Netflix shows. Yeah. So like, if you think about it, we live in like probably like a 1.5 to two second world. Like it's not even a three second world. It's sure as hell not an eight second world, which is what it used to be. So you think about that. How many, like, do you remember a single post from somebody else from last week? I don't. No. That's, this is an interesting topic. Because I'm actually a little optimistic. This is like the optimist in me with AI is I have never, I grew up with the internet. I was like the first class of elementary school with computers and the internet in our school. So I've never not had it. And with that being said, we've always had phones in our pockets and we've always had this ability. Like if someone is doing something dumb and you want to embarrass them, pull up your phone and record like immediately my whole life. And so that has completely at scale changed the way humans behave in public. Like my dad is 60. I'm sure when he was like 20, he could say whatever the, sh whatever the heck he wanted to, he could do like, he could do anything. And the worst thing that could happen is five people were there to witness it. Where now if right. you do something stupid, you fight, whatever you get, you start yelling, 
you could get viral and get 10 million views and everyone sees you and your reputation shot forever. And people will pull that up in five years from now and not work with you. And so the one optimistic thing is that now we can say that was fake. That was, that's deep fake. That's AI. That wasn't me. So it might give you a little bit more comfortability and freedom in public to lower your guard a little bit. Not to say you should go do wild things and use that, but at least it's like, I think it's going to give us some sort of freedom back in that sense, instead of like a complete surveillance state in a way. It's almost like a built-in alibi. Exactly. So <laughs> it's like, that's like my one optimistic, like, I'm kind of excited about that because I've never had that feeling. At any time, I've always had overlooked my shoulder since I'm like a public figure. If I do something, people, even if it's like not even bad, but they could take it out of context. If I'm at a club or something and people, do, whatever, I'm an entrepreneur. It's like, you're just not allowed to fully like enjoy yourself in public. So that's the optimist in me. That's fascinating. Yeah, I never really, I didn't look at it quite like that, but I understand what you're saying about, you know, you do, I have to, you have to watch everything. Like I have to watch yeah, everything. You've seen the change probably. You probably remember a time where that wasn't as common. Dude, like I, I'm 45 years old. Like we yeah. barely even had a computer when I was in elementary school. Exactly. Like, like we had one room that had like two computers in it. How, I mean, that's completely nuts, but I'll tell you, and maybe that's, that's part of the reason I think that I absolutely love AI as much as I do, because I never really had, I was always the guy who would be like, yeah, I don't really understand. You know, I can understand computers, but not to the degree like, like I understand them now. This has given me, it's like a whole new education. Mm -hmm. And the great thing is it's so like, it's way simpler now. Like you don't need to have a deep understanding. Like I don't know how to code. I don't know anything, but I know what an API is. I know that I could just need to get an API code and then plug it in. And now they made the product for me. And now I just can use it and rebrand it for a specific use case. And that's a huge opportunity. So it's just now it's my creativity and combining two different things, bring them together in one and then adding value to the market that way. Yeah, and it's way better. Way better. Yeah, way I mean, better. I want to make a website one hour, just start texting, like make this blue, <laughs> like move this yeah. over here. Connect Shopify, connect Stripe. Well, I think now you can even speak into it. Like you can yeah. even, right? You can just talk into the computer and it will build it. Yeah. And so kind of what we were talking about earlier, like obviously learning how to code and knowing how to like optimize and like order things and databases and all that shit. Like that's going to be an advantage because you're going to be able to like make it way more optimally, way more quicker with your voice. But now you don't have to go to GitHub, copy and paste each piece and section it yourself. You just tell it what to do and it's going to do it better than you could even if you tried. Yeah, so I was talking. Everything. Yeah, dude. And it, yeah, a hundred percent. And I, yeah, I think people like you and I are in a unique position. Right? I work from home, so I have you know I have time, right? I have time that I can burn up doing this, just like you said. And it's not really burning up, but it's if you don't, you know, if you are if you do work a normal job, which I haven't worked a normal job in well over a decade. Yeah. So like I, you know, I. I don't know what people. I, I would say do. it's more urgent for them. This is the next video I'm making. Like it has never been a scarier time to be an employee because that is what our like society teaches: go to college, get a degree, get a job. That's success. Your company, your founder, does not like he cares about you. But when he has to like go against other people who are making eighty percent budget cuts because they're using AI, objectively, if he wants to survive, he's going to have to cut you too. And so if you're an employee. You need to be the one learning how to use AutoGPT, learning how to replace your job. And so like those copywriters, and they're going to fire nine out of the 10. So you can be the one that doesn't get fired. You need to be the one that understands it. You need to be the one that tries to replace yourself first proactively, or else it's going to happen in a year and you're going to be sitting on your hands. 
that is the best piece of advice you could have given people. Like, really. Like, it, it is urgent, people. Like, I just, it, I can't express this enough. This is yeah. not one of those things that you can just be like, oh, it's a fad. Oh, it's a scam. Oh, it's not really that impressive. It's impressive. It's going to take your job. Make sure you're the one that front runs that because then you're going to get a bonus and you're going to be better off in your company. 100%. Dude. And, world. and you can be that person. Like, and I think that's where a lot of people get, you know, fear overtakes yeah. people. They don't want to, they don't want to move on. No. I, be excited. Like, like just be excited. Yeah. Be, frame of mind. be optimistic. Be excited. Show your coworkers, show your boss, like, this is really cool. I think this could help us and they'll support you. They'll probably let you like focus on that for a little bit or allocate some time during your day. Like, don't be like secretive, make it a group effort and just have fun with it. Cause it is really cool. It is. It's unreal. It's really unreal. All right. So what, all right. So, you know, web three also encompasses like gaming and stuff, right? Yeah. So what, talk about that for a minute. What are you doing in that space? Are you doing anything yes, in that okay, space? Okay. So when, this is what I want to say. If you've ever asked somebody, what is an NFT? Most people are going to explain it to you in the context in which they understand it. But again, NFTs can be anything. It's just a new vehicle to deliver assets. So like a car title would be an NFT or a house a deed would be an NFT. But you could also do like a Rolex. Like every Rolex comes with a piece of paper that verifies this is a real authentic Rolex. That should be an NFT. But then in-game items, like if you work really hard in a video game, you earn like this cool like texture, the skin on your gun. So you look cool in the game. That can be an NFT that you own because since you put 20 to 30 hours into this game, you should be able to own that and then sell that on a free market to someone like you and me, who's too busy running our businesses, learning about AI to play 30 hours of a video game. But we do like to play it drunk on a weekend for one hour with our friends. And I want to look cool because I got a lot of money. So it's like, I would rather pay that one person who spent 30 hours to earn it. And then I can just buy it in an hour for like 30 bucks. He makes 30 bucks because it's a high school kid. He's going to get a McDonald's meal and be happy. I'm going to be stoked because I look dope when I play with my friends for the one hour of the weekend. And so the NFTs just make it so you own the in-game items. And that's just something that people see everywhere. And again, it's interoperable. So you can earn this gun in this game, and then you could go to pizzahut.com and they can say anybody who owns this gold gun in Call of Duty gets 20% off pizza this week. And it's super easy to do and it's automatic. So that's what I think is really cool. I call that decentralized permissionless brand collaborations. Probably the biggest Dude. deal in NFTs. That's so I, super cool. It's like a rewards program where like, say you're like a great clips, like a haircut and like a sports franchise, like a bait, like the Chicago bears, Chicago bears, like marketing team will reach out to great clips. Let's do a partnership. Okay. What are the terms? That's like a two month long process. Then they get the terms and they have to go to their development team, put it in their apps. It's like a six month process. No more. Now if they have an NFT for pizza hut or great clips and the Chicago bears. Anyone who has a Chicago bears NFT, great clips can just put it on their website connect to your wallet to our website, you get 20% off your haircut this week. Don't even need to talk to the other people. Don't even need to do anything development-wise. It's like two clicks to set up and it's just perfect marketing that any company can benefit from. So well, that's a long answer from gaming, but gaming is just that you own the game, the items in the game actually, instead of just putting it in there and then you're done. I was thinking more of like a comp from a competition standpoint. And there's a more, there's a real question behind it, but I can't get into that. But I'm fascinated with the ability to uh, use gamification for for rewards uh, in a way that self-governs people in, let's just say, in a business, for example. Yeah. Does that so make that's sense? Kind of, 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's kind of with my fortune, like with our big clients from my agency, like that's what we pitch. We don't pitch like a profile picture, like this NFT that's going to make you money. It's like a loyalty rewards program where they have this NFT and they can earn points or complete tasks. And then they get another like badge that they can put on their profile. And so it's just like a way to like track who is like supporting the brand, whether they engage with social media, whether they take moments to learn about the brand, whether they share it on social media or whether they spend a lot of money. You can track all of that back to one NFT. And then based on that, you give them different rewards, badges or whatever that they can then show in their public profile. Same thing with work, like employee of the month would be a good way to do that. If everybody's work ID is an NFT, you can track how much output you did. You can track how much you worked with other teammates, how many meetings you attended. Did you go above and beyond? They can track all that. And now you have like a digital like profile that you can show off and they can start rewarding their best employees. And so the other 1000 employees can be like, oh, this person got a promotion because he had seven gold badges in a row. Like really creative ways you can use it. But again, we're so new that people's imaginations haven't been open to that yet. Yeah. So that's, that's I'm explore. I'm, that's part of what we're, we're working on and it's like it's fucking dope dude i'm super excited about it so you know and you also get you know you, the people that like you use the example with pizza hut and great clips if if i'm able to tell you about it and i get you know I, whatever the, the reward the payout is right i'm going to tell everybody to go and use these things so now you've got a self-propelled lead gen company That's a- Exactly. You nailed it. That's exactly the biggest benefit of NFTs. Like it blends stakeholders, shareholders and like customers. Cause now you have like this intermediary, like financial asset essentially. And that if the company does well, that asset goes up in value. And so it's like kind of aligning the incentives of the consumer and the brand. It's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, dude, because I, yeah. And yeah, I get it. It's, <laughs> it, it is super. It's fascinating. Uh, the, the only thing I'll say with NFTs to anyone listening to this, if you have like, there's that is way too much to learn about that and AI. If it's today, right now, learn about AI because that will have immediate impact. For NFTs and Web3, we still need like a critical mass. We still need it to be like the societal norm. And that's just going to take time. The technology is clunky. It'll get there in like three to five years, but AI is here now and ready to go. So definitely put energy into AI. But if you have a few hours at the end of your day where you're like dead and you just want to learn, Definitely start paying attention to the mechanics of blockchain, what NFTs really are. I don't even, you don't need to focus on crypto. Just focus on NFTs and blockchain. Those two are really like what is actually going to impact your day-to-day life here in a few years. So how quickly do you think, how quickly do you think we're going to see, well, I'm sure we're already seeing people lose their jobs, right? Like copywriting is a great example. How quickly do you see that affecting a lot of industries? Yeah. So I am like, my first thought after I made that API video that got really popular was that this is going to threaten capitalism very seriously. Like it is going to be a problem. This might force communism, which is the perfect snowball into the digital IDs and digital dollar. Cause it's like perfect universal basic income distribution and welfare. And there's no fraud. Cause they actually did that in India, by the way, they do digital IDs through India and it eliminated $5 billion in welfare fraud. But Sorry, side note. China too. I think it's going to be like, I think this year, like by the end of the year, people will be very aware that like they're going to start getting like, I am on the chopping block. Like this stuff is developed. I think, I don't think with AI coding, I don't think it's going to take more than six months for us to roll out our project. And I know there's people that have already been thinking ahead of this before the big hype cycle. And so I would say six to 12 months is like people are, it's going to be a really real thing. 
but I do think it'll take two or three years to like, like work out the kinks to get to like majority of the workforce at least. But the superficial jobs, like artists, copywriting, all that. Yeah. That's six to 12 months, like almost irrelevant. Yeah. It's interesting. The art, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's like artists now, a lot of them have, they're taking their artistic ability and they're just, they're moving it into the digital world, which is cool. And they, and the, they absolutely should. It's fascinating to me with Mid Journey. And I haven't really messed with Dolly and I haven't really messed with. Mid Journey is uh, I mean, way better than Dolly. So I would. It's a that. less clunky to me. It's yeah, a lot less, it's just more user friendly, in my opinion. 100%. And it's only in Discord. Like, wait till they get a web app. Like, it's going to be everywhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that acts not hasn't already happened. But I, I suppose that, well, maybe people have, like, spun off. Like, I, I think Canva has some sort of, it's not yeah, yeah, Midjourney. they're all trying. But Midjourney has the brand. They have, like, a very specific aesthetic that just looks good. And I think that they're going to, and they, they're on their fifth version. So they've been at it for a long time. So I think that's a pretty good moat for them. I think they can transition. But they have, like, tens of millions of people in a Discord server, which is insane. Like. Yeah. Discord is so hard to use if you've never used it before. Yeah. I luckily grew up with it because I'm a gamer kid, but it is so complicated, but still people went through that pain. Imagine if it's just midjourney.com, type in, go, like everywhere. So as artists embrace it, it's going to make art way better, but there's people, humans hate change. They like to like make enemies out of for no reason and like protect their ego instead of just acknowledging, all right, the last 20 years I've worked on things, this is now better. I just need to accept that. People can't really do that most of the time. They're married to their own ideas lots of yeah, times. their identity, yep. Yeah. And it's just going to take you down if you do that. I, I'll just be honest. Like, it, it's really going to be nuts. Um, it is really going to be One nuts. piece of advice that Sam Altman gives is, like, if there's one skill that is the most valuable in the next decade, it's being willing to adapt, being open to adapt. Because I guarantee you that ChatGPT was, like, groundbreaking and changed everything, but there's going to be something that comes out in the next year that's 20 times more like groundbreaking and it's just going to like exponentially just like how the hell did we operate three years ago without these things it's slow that's for sure <laughs> yeah. that's for i can't even imagine something being 20 times better but at this at the rate that it's going like that think does, about that. it i mean this is this is like just like the calculator for writing like right. in, in math like should we make our kids pull out those old, like, I, I don't know what they're called, mancalas or something? Well, I don't even know what the term is, but they literally, like, calculators make us better and they're tools. But that was like, I think this is like the first calculator where it's only like one through nine and you can only do addition, subtraction, maybe multiplication, division. There's calculators now that do calculus and everything. And so once these, uh, like, models become multimodal, all in one hub where it's like, could be text to video, could be voice, could be anything. That's when I think, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it's going to be mind blowing. Because you can literally output a full-on movie if you wanted to. You can talk to it as you walk down the street and it'll talk back to you. So you don't even need to be looking at your phone. It's like once something like the movie Her comes around, which I don't think is far away. Like we just have these individual models that's just going to take someone to connect them all. And I think Stable Diffusion will be one of the first people to do that. Well, now I think there is some multimodal models, right? Yeah, but they're not as strong as ChatGPT. Like, For sure. ChatGPT, like the, the crazy thing is GPT-3 was like three months ago. And then the difference from that to GPT-4 and ChatGPT, like we won't even, we were waiting to get GPT-4 because how much better it was to even train our models for like the last month. And we just got it. Like it is that much better. And so that same thing is going to happen. But once you have a ChatGPT level text to video, ChatGPT level text to voice, voice to voice, like conversation all in one app, like, or like, like a new type of iPhone in a way, that's when it's going to be like 
how did we live without this in the past? And it's going to change learning because it's going to know how you learn. It's going to like be your assistant everywhere you go. You don't have to like, it sounds so crazy because we're lucky with Google, but like going to Google, searching something, then sifting through three ads, then picking four articles. Well, this article was just a marketing campaign. They're good at SEO. It's full of fluff. They're just trying to sell me. This one's actually like a doctor. So I'm going to listen to him. That's like not hard, but it takes like 45 seconds where this AI is going to do all of that, pick the right one for you in two seconds. And you're going to be able to have conversation with it. So you can literally have like Aristotle be your teacher. Like you'll literally have, instead of going to a middle of the America division one university and learning from some guy who was like a general manager at general electric or something, who was successful, you're going to have Elon Musk in your ear saying, this is how I would approach things. And like, it's already happening. It's so cool. Well, the data is there, right? Mm -hmm. The data is here to do all those things. It's just who's going to get to aggregate the data first, right? And that, that's really what we're talking about as far as, you know, training models and making sure that, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that we're involved with is if you have the data, well, if you don't have the data, you don't have anything. Yeah, exactly. the data. If you, the data is where it's at, period. The, oil. the new oil. It, that was my major in college, data analytics. So I kind of have a good understanding of that field or at least enough. And that's what Stable Diffusion's business model is. If anyone's listening to this and you are an entrepreneur and you're like a free agent, you're looking for what's to start, learn Stable Diffusion, the, video, the text and the image side, and then learn how to train it. Very simple to do. You can learn this in just a few hours. Learn how to train it and then find a company that's in the market that you know about and then just take their private data and train the model for their business specifically. That is what Stable Diffusion is doing. $100 billion company that just started a few years ago. They're an AI company. They're the ones who make, like, there's ChatGPT and there's Stable Diffusion. Like, those are the two big two. But Stable Diffusion is a nonprofit, decentralized, fully open. And then they have an actual arm where they work with the Amazons, the Googles, these huge companies, and they just take their data and train their free model with that company. So, like, learn Stable Diffusion, how to train it, approach the companies, and then just train it with their data. You'll make hundreds of thousands of dollars every single year millions if you want to scale the company, but one person could be doing this for a whole company. So that's by far the biggest opportunity in AI right now is just taking private data and then training it with these free models because they're available for everybody, which is nuts. <laughs> like They just gave you the product. It's insane. Well, then if you put it on the blockchain, it's yours. Boom. There you go. Proprietary. And, and no one will be ever be able to dispute that. But <laughs> the service of training the model for companies. Very simple to do, just feeding it data. There's just a specific file type. You just go to their website. It can scrape it all into a file type if you get good at it. And then you can literally get output specifically in that industry's terms. And knowledge. even in the owner's so cool. terms, like even yeah. in the, if you, yeah, you're, yeah, 100%. There's an interesting thing that I'm seeing with this though, because like we were talking about the jobs being stolen. So you still want like doctors and lawyers as humans to like, overlook things but like the reason they get paid so much and what is because they had to go to school for 12 years to just memorize so much information well this thing memorizes it all immediately so it's interesting to see it makes them all much more productive so do we start we already pay them not like based on like we pay them hourly but we're paying them like two thousand dollars an hour because it's not about how long it takes them it's about all of that built-up knowledge and so it's interesting do we start paying those people now ten thousand dollars an hour because they can do like five hours worth of work and one hour with AI. And so does that, I don't think that value changes. And then I can't be a lawyer, even though I have that information. So you still need to go to law school. So it's kind of like, 
an interesting one, but then less people will need you because they can get the basic information. They can write contracts. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. So one guy I follow is a huge believer that their hourly rate just goes up because they're still providing the same expertise and value in a less period of time. So that'll be interesting to see. It I, think will that, be. I think that's hopeful though. For attorneys, especially, I, you know, if they're not, if they're not learning about this, like they can be knocked out of the market in no time. They, I they're, think they're the first ones, like everything they do is documented half the time they're going before they're going to trial. They're just reading past court dates. So it's like, I just want an AI with a, a setup to a speaker to defend me in court at this point. Right. Like, because it would probably do a better job because you take oh, the human oh, yeah. element out of it. Yeah. I, maybe. See, maybe not. Maybe the human element, maybe there is some sort of like theatrics and like the way some lawyers are emphatic and like persuasive that maybe that is their edge. Like that's like the really interesting like human like case study that I would love to see. Like, all right. So, but if the judge, right, we did the human is it's a judge now. What if the human uses, I mean, the judge, so to speak, uses whisper, right, and picks up on sentiment analysis, which I know you're fully aware of what that is, right? So now the judge is at, yeah, right, because now yeah. the judge has, yeah. he's not going to miss anything, right? He's I not going to, there's no human error. That is like, that is scary though. Like going, like imagine you did something and you're going up against an AI judge. It's like, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. Caught red handed, even if all like, because there's so many like subjective details of a crime. Like what were the incentives? What were the motives? Were you caught in an unfortunate situation? And a judge kind of has to make a judgment call, even if on paper, it looks the same. So it's like, that would be heartless just to see an AI be like, you fit, you check every box. This person did this, you get this, you're in jail. And well, if you're in a trial. Well, if you're an attorney, you'll have that whisper set up in your office when you're interviewing the person, and you'll know exactly what if they did it or not because you can. There's all kinds of data these points. Like to yeah, these are like lie detectors at this point with the sentiment analysis. We have that for the real estate company we work with, and it's crazy. Like, yeah. have you seen the face cams? Like, people can do a camera, and there's like a circle of like happy, sad, like it's like happy, sad, and then it's like uh, excited or low, like high energy or low energy. And yeah. as they're talking, it's like just moving constantly. It's so crazy. Like that's scary because like, China's doing that right now with their whole society. Like they have the digital ID, social credit score and face scans. And well, so ironically, that's kind of what got me into this was yeah. that I had start paired up with a guy that wound up to be a loser. And, oh. but he's got the, he's got this software that was just, it was next level facial expression, everything. And I was enamored by it. Like, it was like, holy shit. It was really slow. It's not, you know, one-to-one, great, right? And, but outside of that, I'm not a one-to-one guy. Like, I brought tens of thousands of people and you just couldn't, like, can't, you couldn't do it. And so it fell apart. It's clunky right now. That's really, like, it's there. There's glimmers of it, but things are going to get really optimized really fast. It's just, like, we can't comprehend it. Like that's like no. the hardest thing about AI is like, I think, I feel like I know what I'm doing. I'm on YouTube. I look like an expert, but like, I have no idea what the hell is really going on. And I'm just trying to piece things together that make sense to me. Yeah, totally. Well, Brett, dude, it's been a great conversation. Yeah, this is awesome. um, yeah so where, uh, is there anything else you want to, you want to drop some knowledge on it? Where, where uh, first of all, tell everybody obviously where they can find you. And then maybe some of the things that you're doing where they can go and check out some of the things that you're doing also online. Yeah, I think we already gave them information overload. So we'll halt it there. If you want to learn, like if 
basically everything I talked about in different sections are like literally different videos I've made. And the reason I know is I researched them for those videos. So if you want to go watch like each one of those thoughts in depth, my YouTube channel, Brett Malinowski, if you want like AI business ideas or like what I call businesses of the future, that's our website, wgmymedia.com. We have articles on all different like business opportunities, how you should be thinking about it, web three AI, everything. So just those two, Brett Malinowski on YouTube. If you can't spell my last name, just like Brett AI, I'm sure it'll pop up. And then WG My Media, if you want to check out articles and different opportunities. You know, and I'll just follow up on that. Like, I can tell you, like, Brett does bring the latest and greatest, the latest and greatest stuff. Like, that's where I've learned, you know, a lot about some of the tools that I currently use was from you. And so, you know, it I saw you got fireflies dessert. in here. I saw you got fireflies in here right now. Dude, it's the best favorite. thing in the world, dude. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Like, it, yeah, it's unreal, right? If just that's a great example one little small tool right there it changes the game it changes save you hours a day if you have to log calls and go back and try to remember what people yeah it does it all for you single-handedly the most important for internal organization like i would have an assistant on this call right now and she would remind me because i have six different meetings going on six different deliverables do i need to send this person more information do i need to sign the contract here done firefly to search it right there it's so helpful and it's so subtle <laughs> Yeah, I love it, dude. Well, Brett, thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. This has been great. Of course, Corey. Thanks for having me. That was a really fun conversation. Genuinely enjoyed that. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.